Do you want to multiply disciples of Jesus, take cities for God, ignite mighty prayer movements, and spark a third great awakening in the United States? You have come to the right place. If you long to see people love Jesus passionately, live in purity, and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, this is what we do. My goal is to encourage and invest in the move of God happening in South Dakota, North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska. This is the Five State Revival Podcast. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm your host, Jeff Mann, and thank you for taking the time to listen. Truly, it does bless me to know that you're taking the time to listen and um, that you're being blessed as you do listen by the Lord. If you've not already done so, I want to ask you if you would go and subscribe to the podcast and leave a positive review. You can do that on either iTunes or SoundCloud, whichever one that you choose to listen to it on. And then if you could tell your friends about the podcast so that they can join in and listen to it as well. So if you have any in testimonies of something awesome God's doing in your life, or if you have any questions you know, about something you hear me talking about on one of these podcasts, you can email those to me at fivestaterevival at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. So this is how I want to begin today's podcast. I have it in my heart. To, to just express to you why I am so head over heels in love with Jesus Christ. I am in so in love with him. I'm so thankful for him. You know, I grew up in a Christian home where from the time I was little, I was taught about Jesus. You know, as long as I can remember, I, I knew that Jesus was God's son. I knew that he lived a sinless life. I knew that he died on the cross to forgive my sins and he rose from the dead three days later and ascended back into heaven so that I could have eternal life if I believe in him. I knew this my entire life, but do you know, I had never once had an encounter where I experienced God's presence that made him real to me. And I, re- and I wasn't living for Jesus at all. I was selfish. I was living my own way. I was living a sinful life. And when I was 17 years old, I had a high school baseball coach who was a Christian. And he taught me that if I wanted to be a Christian, I can't just believe in Jesus. It was required that I obey Jesus as well. And so I prayed this prayer. I went to a youth service, and really the only reason I went to the service was because it was something to do on a summer night, and it was a way that I could see a girl that I was interested in. And I I remember getting to this youth service. It was the summer of 93, right before my senior year of high school. And I remember being in a good mood that night, and the preacher preached his sermon. I sat there through the whole service, which wasn't very new to me. I'd, I'd been in lots of church services before. But what was different about this night is as I sat there in my chair waiting for the service to get over and people were being prayed for down front who wanted to give their lives to Jesus, all of a sudden my mind started wandering. And I started thinking about my life and I thought, you know, I don't even like my life. I don't like the way I'm living. And the truth is, is I was very well liked. I was popular in my school. Um, my baseball team had just won the state championship. It was a summer before my senior year. I had a brand new girlfriend. You know, my home life was pretty good. There was nothing really bad, tr- crisis type stuff going on in my life. But what I was seeing is I was seeing the emptiness of my life. I was seeing the emptiness of my soul. 
And and these pictures would flash before me of times when I would be um, at a party or something with my friends and and uh, I would just be doing sinful things that I didn't even enjoy doing, but I would do it just to be accepted and liked by my peers. And I saw the hypocrisy and the shallowness and how fake I was. And I thought, man, I don't want to be that way. And the next thought that came into my mind, I thought, you know, if I were going to be a Christian, I would be radical about it. I wouldn't be one of these people who just go to church on Sundays and, you know, um, but, you know, just live a sinful life. I, if I were going to do it, I'd go all the way with it. I'd be radical. I would tell other people about Jesus. I would live a holy life. I'd go to church even when my parents don't make me go. And these are the thoughts I was thinking. And as I contemplated how I would go about it, if I ever decided to be a Christian, all of a sudden, this intense desire rose up within me, and I thought, that is what I want to do with my life. All of a sudden, I realized, I'm like, that was what I was created for. This is my destiny. This is my calling. This is why I'm alive. It's to follow Jesus, and not just to do it casually, but to do it radically, to do it wholeheartedly with everything that I am. So I got up from my chair, and I walked to the front where the, of the youth service, you know, the meeting room that we were in, and I prayed, and I gave my life to Jesus, and I told him, I said, I believe in the truth about who you are, that you're God's son. You died on the cross to forgive my sins. You rose from the dead. So so I could have eternal life. And from this point forward, I commit my life. I live for you. And after that, these people began to pray with me and I could actually feel for the first time in my entire life, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit come into me. And when he came in, there was no doubt whatsoever that he was real. It was like he took my breath away. I thought, oh God, you're so real. You're so real. And I just felt this intense energy and this intense love flooding my inmost being. He felt so wonderful. I thought, I've never, ever felt anything as wonderful as this before is the Holy Spirit is love. He's pure. He's power. He comes inside of me. I feel so alive. I was so happy. I began just speaking in these other tongues, the supernatural languages that the, that the Holy Spirit enabled me to pray in. And then I would worship God in my own language in English. And I'd tell him, I want to be closer, Lord, to you. And I would sing it over and over and over again. And the more I did, the stronger I felt his presence deep within me. By the time that experience was over, I was a completely different person. I was head over heels in love with Jesus. And there were two brand new desires that were burning in my heart before I left that service. The first one, I said, God, I just want to be close to you and feel like this. I want to feel you like this all the time, every second for the rest of my life. And the second desire I had is I had this desire, God, I just want to please you. Not because I was afraid of going to hell or whatever, but because I was like, I know that you love me and I want to make you a proud papa. I just had this desire to make him so proud. I wanted to be pleasing in every way uh, I lived and everything I did. I wanted to be pleasing to him. And I went home that night and I was so excited. I was like, oh, I can't wait to get up in the morning because it's going to be my first official full-length day of living for Jesus. I couldn't wait to get started. And the next morning and the next morning and the next morning and every day since that moment, 25 years ago, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. I hear God's voice talking to me for 25 years. 
There's no doubt in my mind that he's real. I've gotten to know him better over the years, and he's he's shaped me as a good father. He disciplines me. He affirms me. He encourages me. He provides for me. He protects me. He loves me. He strengthens me. He picks me up when I fall. He's the most wonderful person I've ever met in my whole life, and I am so thankful that I get to be his and that I get to be with him forever. It's a wonderful thing to know the living God. And you may be listening to this podcast and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've been religious. Maybe you've grown up in the church. Maybe you're even in Bible college or in ministry, but you're like, man, you know what? I don't know if I really know him intimately like that. And I want to tell you, he loves you. And I just had it on my heart to share this testimony. The best life is knowing God, living head over heels in love with Jesus. And those are the people that make the best witnesses for Jesus because they're so happy about him. They just want to talk about him and they're contagious. And so I want to tell you, you can know God like this. Believe the gospel and choose to follow Jesus. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I encourage you to do that. And before we move on into the next segment, I want to share this quick exhortation with you based upon what my testimony that I just shared. If you're leading a discipleship group, maybe you're leading some kind of ministry, here's what I want to encourage you. There is no substitute for experiencing God for yourself. It is essential that you are intentional about creating opportunities in your ministry, your discipleship group, your church, whatever it is, your prayer ministry. You have to be intentional about creating opportunities for people to encounter God for themselves. This is what brings true and lasting transformation in them. It is absolutely essential. When people meet with God, they fall in love with Jesus. They get excited about serving Jesus and they'll come back over and over again and they'll be hungry for the truth of the word of God and eager to live for Jesus. So now that I've finished that, let's go ahead and move into our next segment. In this segment of our podcast today, I want to talk to you about the grace of fasting. You know, when I was in my early 20s, I heard a series of messages from a guy who was a missionary who had planted many, many churches among an unreached people group in one of the nations of the world. And he had actually seen God do many, many, many awesome miracles through him, just like we see in the book of Acts and that Jesus did in the gospels, including over 200 people who had been resurrected from the dead uh, through someone in their ministry praying for them and they got resurrected. Oftentimes it would lead to, you know, salvations and all kinds of stuff like that. So I'm listening to this guy tell his stories and I'm like, yes, this is the kind of life that I want to live. I want to uh, lead people to Jesus and plant churches and take regions for God. I want to see God move in power, in miracles like he did in the book of Acts. I'm like, this is so awesome. And as I'm listening to him teach and share all these testimonies, uh, he had he mentioned that he ha- his practice at the time was that he fasted every other day of his life. When he wasn't traveling out of the country, when he was at home, he would fast every other day of his life. And then he said his wife, her practice was she fasted as a way of life. She fasted two out of every three days. 
And I was going, oh my goodness, that is absolutely amazing. And as I listened to him share, I just really felt the Holy Spirit impressing in my heart. Like Jeff, fasting, entering into the grace of fasting is going to be a major key for you to enter into the fullness of my calling on your life. And I and so right away I began to practice fasting. I would say, "Okay, I'm going to fast for a day." Or sometimes I would I'm going to do a 2-day fast. And you know, some days I did really good at it and other days I did horrible at it, you know? And I have lots of days when I started a fast and ended up compromising the fast in the middle of it and feeling horrible and having to learn and get over that and all that kind of stuff, you know? That's happened many times to me over the years. But here's the thing, Fasting a lot of times in the American church is thought of as something that's abnormal. It's something that's, wow, that's radical. That's just extreme. But you know, biblically, if you read the New Testament, fasting is part of the normal Christian life that was modeled and taught by Jesus. Not only that, Jesus himself, he practiced fasting, and he actually said that his disciples would also fast. And so fasting is not supposed to be this uh, abnormal, radical thing that we only do in emergency crisis situations. It's actually supposed to be a normal part of the rhythm of the life of a disciple of Jesus. So what is fasting? Let me give you a definition for fasting. This is my favorite definition that I've heard. A true fast is when we willfully abstain from something for the purpose of seeking and encountering God in a more focused manner. In other words, it's not just about what you're going without. What you're doing is you're going without something in order to focus and tune in to God in a more focused way. You're removing distractions from your life. Fasting is a great grace that God has made available to his children to encounter him in a deeper way, to draw near to him, to press into him, to see spiritual breakthroughs in our lives. I want to share with you three benefits of fasting. Number one, fasting is turbo training for your spirit. Fasting is turbo training for your spirit. I want to read you a few paragraphs out of a book I wrote. The book is called Relentless Passion, subtitled Positioning Your Heart for God Encounters. It's authored by me, Jeffrey Mann, if you want to check it out on Amazon. But here's two uh, paragraphs about fasting I just want to read to you. The purpose of fasting is not to prove to God that we are really serious about something, nor is it a hunger strike to twist God's arm into answering our prayers. Fasting tenderizes our spirits to receive from God. It is spiritual boot camp for the soul as we retrain ourselves to find our sustenance from the Spirit of God rather than from the things of the flesh. In true fasting, we starve our flesh in order to stuff our spirit with nutrients. This is why Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I love to eat. I mean, really, I love eating good food. In my flesh, I hate fasting. I've heard my flesh scream at me as I fast. What are you doing to me? Feed me now. Then my mind chimes in and says, why in the world are you doing this anyway? What is the point of torturing yourself like this? And of course, the devil adds his opinion to the chorus by saying, you won't complete this fast. You have broken more fast than you have ever kept. What is the point of putting yourself through this? You are not really getting anything out of this anyway. And yet, that is the whole point of fasting. 
Fasting is turbo training for the spirit. We put ourselves in a position of weakness and learn to say no to our flesh, no to our doubts, and no to the devil, even when we do not feel like it. We learn to live by the spirit and not by our flesh. I'm telling you, one of the most important things that we need to know to grow as a disciple of Jesus is how to live in the spirit and to um, deny ourselves, to deny our flesh and let it know you're not the ruler of me. The Holy Spirit is the ruler of me. Fasting is turbo training for your spirit. Second benefit of fasting I want to share with you is this, is that fasting breaks our addiction to worldly things and gets life flowing in our spirits again. You know, there's many, many times in my life where um, I'm like, man, I feel dry. I I don't feel as tender and sensitive to the Holy Spirit as I did a few weeks ago or a few months ago or, or, you know, six months ago, whatever it is. And it's like, I'm not hearing God as much. I'm not feeling his presence as much. My times reading the Bible and praying aren't as electric and alive with his presence as they were at one point. I'm I'm feeling more drawn in my spare time to watch TV or eat junk food or whatever it is rather than I am to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I know like those are signs to me. My, My spiritual hunger doesn't feel as intense and strong as it was maybe a little while ago. And what happens is this, is it's so easy living in the United States of America. We have so many carnal worldly pleasures all around us to eat up our time and to distract our attention from the Lord. And, you know, it's easy to um, just get caught up in these things. And it really does dull our spirit where we don't feel God and we don't hear God as much. It's not that he's not speaking. It's that we're not listening as intently as we were at one point. And so I found fasting, the grace of fasting, to be an awesome tool to help me break free from my addiction to worldly things and to be able to get that life flowing in my spirit again, where my heart is tender and I'm hearing God. You know, I I love doing things like fasting social media. I'm just like, you know, I don't need the constant clutter of alerts of this person's notification and this person's message and this person's comment and this person's picture. I don't need that barrage of information cluttering up my thought life all the time. Sometimes I just have to fast social media or I need to fast entertainment or watching the news or looking at sports or eating junk food or playing video games. I'm just, I'm done with it. I'm not doing it. I'm setting it aside for the purpose of seeking and tuning into God in a more focused way because I want to walk closely with the Lord and live in that intimate place of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So fasting is an awesome way to break that addiction to worldly things and that the carnal, the worldly distractions. Third benefit of fasting is this. Fasting releases supernatural power to break through demonic resistance and establish the kingdom of God in people and in places. You know, we see that in many times in the Bible, but one great example of that is the book of Esther. You know, there was this, uh, the, the largest world empire at the time had made an official governmental decree to kill and annihilate all the Jewish people. And so Esther, Queen Esther, called the Jewish people throughout the empire to, to fast for three days in unity together. So we're going to fast and pray and cry out that God would intervene and uh, spare our lives. 
And so they did. Thousands and thousands of the Jews, they, they fasted for three days and then God intervened in miraculous power. There were demonic principalities and powers that were energizing the king of the largest empire and his the top right-hand man of the king in that empire, an antichrist, anti-Semitic spirit that was energizing him to kill the Jewish people and to completely annihilate them. But when God's people prayed and fasted for three days, it, it, it uh, displaced those demonic powers and it broke through that resistance. It released the kingdom of God so that the king could see rightly according to God's wisdom. And God intervened and miraculously spared the Jewish people so that they uh, were not annihilated like the devil, the devil had wanted to do. You know, I, I, I have experienced the power of fasting to release supernatural power for breakthrough from demonic resistance and to establish God's works. Uh, several years ago, there was a guy who would visit my church and he was a very disturbed guy. He was very involved in witchcraft and things like this, but he would keep coming. And I just sensed like, you know, there was something in him, even though he was, you know, very uh, dark and uh, into his witchcraft and stuff, there was something about him that felt love when he was around us. So he just kept showing up and he kept coming. And I knew that what he was really aching for was God. And I had a dream from the Lord one time about this guy where God showed me that he had a murderous spirit. And so he, the Lord led me the next morning, I was praying about the dream and what to do. And, and I felt like the Lord said to me, go on a three day fast for his deliverance and his salvation. And so I did. I went on a three-day fast that God would break through the demonic resistance in his life and bring him into the kingdom of God and set him free. So a short time after that fast, he showed up again to a church service. It was while I was out of town, but my wife was there and she was leading the service. And this guy showed up and he's like, man, I'm, I'm being tormented by these evil spirits. You know, what do I do? And they actually prayed with him. The demon manifested. They cast the demon out. They found out that... Um, indeed, he did have a murderous spirit. He, uh, he had even at one point attempted to kill his own father and he held great bitterness still against his dad. So he forgave his dad. He's like, yes, I'll serve Jesus. They cast the demons out and it left him and, and he was happy that it had left. But listen, the power of fasting shifted things in the spirit over his life so that there would be the breakthrough of the kingdom of God would come into his life and destroy the works of darkness. I'm just going to give you one more quick story. Um, of how the devil, you know, here's the thing is the devil understands the power of fasting. And I think sometimes the devil understands the power of prayer and fasting more than God's people do. And, uh, and so he will resist you when you go to fast and when you go to pray, the devil will attack you. He'll resist you. He'll try to get you to quit the fast, to break off of it, to not do it, to give you excuses why it's too hard, why it's not good timing, why it's just too radical. I don't need to do that anyway. He'll give you all kinds of reasons because he knows the power of it. And I remember one morning, this is years ago, I, I had determined, it was a Wednesday morning, I determined that I was going to fast that day. And for some reason, I just woke up that morning and I just felt heavy. I felt spiritually oppressed. I just felt kind of depressed and I couldn't even put my finger exactly why. And I remember thinking, oh, great. You know, it's like not even nine in the morning and I feel so oppressed and heavy and I have to fast today. I don't want to fast. I just feel like 
fleshing out and eating junk food. I don't even want to work today. I just want to watch sports and eat junk food. And, you know, this is what the carnal desires that were being energized in me. And I was feeling spiritually oppressed. And I didn't realize that it was a demon who was trying to get me not to fast that day. Thankfully, I had a meeting Uh, a prayer meeting with another pastor in town. He's like a really good friend of mine. And we met together and I just confessed to him. I'm saying, man, I'm supposed to fast today. And I I just want to quit. I'm really thinking about just not doing it and calling it off. And, And I was like, but when I met with him, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I said, okay, here's, I just want to confess to you that I'm not going to break my fast today. I am going to complete my fast and I want you to call me in the morning or text me and ask me if I completed my fast. And when I committed to it by being accountable to him, it just, it strengthened my resolve. And all of a sudden the demonic resistance broke and I could feel the presence of God and I felt normal again. And I just enjoyed God and had a good day working. Well, little did I know that there was a major spiritual battle that was actually going to take place that night that I'd be right in the middle of. And I remember we had a discipleship group meeting at my house. These people showed up, this guy who didn't know the Lord. I got to pray with him and there was uh, bondage going on in his life. And I got to counsel him and the power of God broke in and really helped him. And then as we're wrapping up my discipleship group, I, uh, we get this uh, contacted by this group of people in town and they say, hey, none of them knew Jesus, but they were related to a guy who uh, attended my discipleship group. So they contacted him because they were terrified because they had all met together at someone's house. They were playing with a Ouija board and to their shock, an evil spirit manifested to them. All of them saw it. All of them heard it and it said, I'm going to kill you, was threatening them that they were going to kill him. And they're terrified. None of them actually know the Lord. And so they do the one thing they know, like they call up the Christian that they know. They're like, he has access to Jesus. Maybe he can help us. So they call up this guy in my group and this guy in my group's like, hey, will you go with me to, they all want us to come over and pray with them because they're just terrified and scared. I said, sure, I'll go with you. Listen, to my surprise, he's like, where are you at? What's your address? They were literally in the house that was across the street from the home we were meeting in. We didn't even know they were there. And so we just walked across the street. We walked into the house. I'm guessing there's 15 to 18 uh, young adult, high school, college age type people who are in there. They're all terrified. And this is what they say. When I walk in there, they go, oh yeah, yeah. We called the priest too, you know, and the priest showed up and he told us not to worry. Everything was going to be okay. There's nothing to worry about. It's not a big deal. And I looked at him and, uh, and I just felt impressed to tell him, I said, you know what? I said, that's not true. I was like, you should be afraid. I was like, here's the thing. I was like, that demon, that demon is real. And it really does hate you. It really does want to kill you. And you know what? The only protection that we have from demons is the blood of Jesus. And you don't know Jesus. You're not living for Jesus. You're seeking and opening doors for these demons to come into your life. Man, that thing has access to you. And it's serious about wanting to destroy you. You should be afraid. There's only one place of safety. All of you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to turn from your sins and be baptized and follow him. And so to make a long story short, uh, a number of them, you know, uh, gave their lives to the Lord that night. They prayed to give their lives to the Lord. One of the guys had a demon uh, and started manifesting in him and we prayed with him and and that demon was uh, tormenting him and resisting and oppressing him. And when we prayed, there was breakthrough and um, for that guy as well. And several people got baptized that night in the lake. It was awesome. But you know what? 
in the morning, I had no idea that this major spiritual battle was going to happen that night. And I was just going to be fasting. But you know, I think the devil knew what was up. And he was resisting me, trying to get me to walk in the flesh because he knows in the flesh, I have no strength and I have no power. I want to encourage you, fasting has real power to shift angels and demons and cause the kingdom of God to prevail in any person, any city, any campus that you're praying for. So I want to encourage you, press in to the grace of fasting. It will release God's grace. You'll enjoy him more deeply. You'll, it'll help you live a more consecrated life that honors the Lord. It'll help you walk in the spirit. It'll give breakthrough from demonic resistance. And God's power will be released in your home, in your school, in your sons, in your daughters, in your church, in your nation, etc., etc. I encourage you, enter into the grace of fasting. So now that we finished that, I want to head into our next segment where I'm going to help you get started in the grace of fasting by making a fasting plan. I have practiced fasting for many years now and I find it extremely helpful to write down a clear fasting plan when I'm going to be going on a fast. And here are five components of a good fasting plan. Number one, why am I fasting? Answer that question, why am I fasting? It is so important to identify a clear and specific goal and promise that you're fasting for. This is the target that you're going to aim your faith at while you're fasting. Because what ends up happening is oftentimes heading into a fast, I feel excited. I'm like, this is going to be good. I'm so excited to fast. But then when I get into it, you know, it's sometimes it's difficult and I'm not feeling the presence of God as much. And my flesh is throwing a temper tantrum saying, just quit fasting. Don't do this. And I need to have a specific goal that says, you know what? I'm going to do this whether I feel good about it right now or not, because I know when I have faith, I'm believing God for this specific thing. And um, if I have that concrete, tangible bullseye that I'm aiming my faith at for why I'm fasting, it just strengthens my faith uh, to persevere through the difficult parts of a fast. Number two, when will I fast? Answer the question, when will I fast? It's part of a good fasting plan. So have a specific date and starting time that you're going to start the fast and that you're going to end the fast. Okay. So be specific about that on the front end. I, I think that for me, you know, it's not this way for everybody maybe, but I found for me, um, if I don't set an ending date, if I just say, I'm just going to kind of fast until I don't feel as I feel, I'm going to be led by the spirit until I feel like I'm supposed to be done. What usually ends up happening is my flesh kicks in and I just give up. And if I have a clear target, I'm going to fast this long. It strengthens me that when I don't feel like doing it anymore, I can persevere through and cross the finish line. Number three, answer the question, what will I fast? So, you know, be specific about it. Are you going to fast food? Are you going to fast sweets? Are you going to fast meats? Are you going to fast media, video games? Are you going to fast coffee, pop, etc.? You know what your normal diet is. Um, ask the Holy Spirit what will be the most beneficial thing to abstain from in order to seek you, God, in a more focused way. And then fast that. And I find it's, it's really helpful to take the time to prayerfully um, identify exactly what you are going to fast before you start the fast. 
because um, what happens is I, you know, I'll get into a fast and when I'm in the middle of it, all of a sudden, you know, when my flesh is feeling like, oh, I just want sugar or I just want meat or I just want, usually you craving whatever it is you're fasting. And uh, it helps if I've made the decisions ahead of time when I was feeling good, uh, what I'm going to be fasting. Cause then I know what's not an option and I know what is permissible for me to enjoy while on this fast. So it's good to identify what you're gonna fast before you start. Number four, what will I do to feed my spirit while I'm fasting? This is so important. Fasting is not a hunger strike. Fasting is not just about going without. It's about encountering and experiencing God. It's starving your flesh, but it's it's stuffing and feasting in your spirit. That's what you want to do. So I think it's good to have a plan. What are you going to do to really feed nutrients into your spirit while you're fasting? Is it going to be extra Bible reading that's beyond what you normally would do? Is it going to be extra time of prayer or worship or praying in the spirit or reading Christian books, you know, that you want to read? What are you going to do to really feed your spirit while you're fasting? And number five, who will provide accountability and prayer support for you while you're fasting? I, this is something that I've not always had, but lately I've really discovered the value of having an accountability partner that knows my fasting plan. They know my starting date, my ending date, what I'm fasting, what I'm fasting for, so that they can pray for me and cover me in prayer while I'm fasting. I mentioned this earlier, you know, there's spiritual warfare when you're fasting. The devil will resist you. And I want to have a prayer covering when I'm in fasting. Not only is the devil going to attack me, but my flesh is going to be kicking and screaming uh, to give it what it wants. And so I want to have a prayer covering and I want to have accountability. You know, the last fast that I did ago, um, I was doing a 40-day fast, and I think I was on day 10, and all of a sudden, I was just overwhelmed, and I was like, I think I'm going to quit. I don't want to do this. I've got 30 more days. This is going really hard right now, and it was so hard, and I was really at that point where I had pretty much decided I'm just going to quit after day 10, And um, but I had accountability partners in my life, my son Malachi, who's 15, and my wife. And I shared with both of them. I said, you know what? I'm just, I don't know why I'm doing this. I think I'm going to fast. I think 10 days is good enough. I don't have to do the whole 40 days. And I was just sharing that with me. And both of them lovingly, graciously looked at me and they're like, oh, don't do it. You can do this. Come on, stick with it. You know, you'll be, you'll be glad you did it in the end. You can do this. And then my wife just began calling people in our church and saying, pray for Jeff. He's, he's really being tempted right now to quit his fast. He needs extra prayer support. And they began praying for me. And within a few days, I had a breakthrough in my spirit. And from that point forward, I had the strength to make it all the way through that 40 day fast. But I honestly don't think I would have been able to complete the fast if it was for the prayer support and the accountability I had. So I encourage you, answer these five questions. Why am I fasting? When will I fast? What will I fast? What will I do to feed my spirit when I'm fasting? And who will provide accountability and prayer support while I'm doing it? Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would grip the hearts of those who are listening to this podcast with the desire to enter into the grace of fasting. I ask that you would help them follow through and get started in it. 
Release strength and grace to us, Lord, as we do this. Let us see your kingdom come and your will be done in power as we fast and pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, stay tuned for our final segment in the podcast where I have a very important announcement to make that involves you. Before I end this podcast, I have a very exciting announcement that I want to share with you and ask you to strongly consider participating in. So we are calling believers throughout our five-state region to fast together for 40 days to see a major move of God happen among students in our region that begins this year. From childhood all the way up through college students, uh, I really believe that we are poised in our region to see a fresh Jesus movement sweep through the youth culture in our region, resulting in thousands of salvations and healings. I believe these youth are going to fall in love with Jesus. They're immediately going to begin making disciples, and many of them will be thrust forth into the nations as missionaries to unreached people groups to con- the Great Commission. Will you join us in prayer and fasting for 40 days to break through demonic resistance and release a dynamic outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our region and specifically in the state and the city where you live? You know, we want to have people from each state in the five-state region who are engaging in this fast together. Imagine the power of 200 believers throughout our region, joining together in unified prayer with fasting for revival among our youth. You know, the devil is assaulting young people, but God is going after young people. God is going to raise up a generation of young people who are mighty in the Holy Spirit, who have the excellent spirit that he describes in the eight Beatitudes. They're going to have great faith like Caleb and Joshua to take the land. They're going to be a beautiful bride of Christ. And I really believe that this is an opportune moment right now for the million soul harvest in our region. And we need to seize it through unified prayer and fasting. So this fast is going to begin on July 31st. That's going to be day one. We'll start at 6 a.m. on July 31st, and it will end at 6 a.m. on September 9th. Day 40 of the fast will be September 8th. And what is happening is you've heard me talk about Collision uh, Youth Ministry that's based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, They have 130 student-led discipleship groups that meet throughout their city. It's an awesome ministry. And they're having a one-day student missions conference in Sioux Falls on September 8th. They're going to be uh, calling students together from our region, and they're going to be training and equipping and casting vision to them to go and make disciples of Jesus in this school year, in your school this year. And wouldn't it be awesome if, if we could... 40 days of fasting leading up to that day where we're crying out to God throughout our whole region, God, this is the year for our young people. Let another Jesus movement break forth. Let that student missions movement have acceleration among the youth in our region. I believe this is an opportune moment. And so I invite you to join us in this fast. So you're thinking, well, what do I fast? I would just say this, fast whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to fast for 40 days. Make it meaningful. Don't just go through the motions. You know, I don't want to be, uh, 
you know, hey, I'm going to fast going to Costa Rica for the next 40 days when I don't plan on going there anyway. So make it a meaningful fast. Don't just go through the motions, but ask the Holy Spirit. Ask him, say, what is the most beneficial thing that I can fast that would help me seek you in the most focused way during this 40-day period? And then do what he tells you to do. And I encourage you, while you're fasting, pray daily for God to save teenagers in your city and in your region. You know, pray for the whole five-state region, but specifically also target the city, the schools, and the, the state where you happen to live. I think that would be super powerful. And then ask God to raise up anointed kingdom laborers among the young people in our region. So if you plan to participate in this fast, please go to the Five State Youth Revival event page on Facebook. If you go to um, our Facebook page, Five State Revival, I have an event that's on our page. It's called the Five State Revival Youth Fast. And um, you can just go to it and click going. That just means it'll let me know, hey, you're participating in this fast. Throughout the fast, I'll, I'll um, post specific prayer points so that we can all be agreeing in prayer for specific breakthroughs. And uh, I think it's going to be super powerful. I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope that you join us. So. I want to thank you for tuning in today and listening. Again, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it um, with your friends. Subscribe to it on SoundCloud or iTunes. Leave a positive review and uh, check back in with us next time when we'll have another podcast. God be with you.